Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I have been engaged in a, a series of conversations, and the, the reason for it is that I'm extremely bothered by what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing. I'm bothered uh, to an extent by response. I'm bothered by the acceptance. I cannot describe to you enough that this conversation of Republicans equal fascists, the person as opposed to conversations I have about specific people and their policies being communists. And if, if you missed my conversation with, with Cam Edwards, uh, I, I'll share it with you. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's so good to be with you guys. 833-GOT-TONY. That's the number. 833-468-8669. Now, don't get me wrong. There, there's, there's plenty going on. There is plenty going on. One of the stories going on, California, their state assembly passing a bill that would establish the state of California as a refuge, quote unquote refuge, for transgender children and their families. Maybe there are things I should be more just outraged by. I cannot get past this this madness of calling people fascists and it only goes to one natural end which is ugly and bloody and violent because people will be like yeah they're fascists go get them it's antifa on a grand scale being pushed and maneuvered and joyfully cheered upon cheered about by president biden by corinne jean pierre the white house press secretary by the head of the dnc and others I'm wrong? 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. You think Republicans are fascists. Let us discuss what do you think is fascist, and then I'll get into what I think is fascist, and then we'll have the great debate. Are you up for it? 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. guy by the name of Scott Weiner, a Democrat, represents San Francisco, part of San Mateo County, a progressive's progressive, saying California must stand with LGBTQ kids and their families, especially when they're under attack from across the country. Parents should never be separated from their kids or criminalized for simply allowing them to be who they are. Children cannot decide to change their gender, and if you allow it, it's child abuse. You should go to jail. Children can't make decisions, that's why they're children. And any adult who believes that children can make decisions about surgeries or puberty blockers, that's an abuser. And when you see grown men wanting children to make decisions about their gender and engage in surgeries and engage in puberty blockers, that is why people utilize the term groomer. And it has absolutely nothing to do with LGBTQIA+. Stop it. Stop it with the freaking letters. I am straight. I love the ladies, and I want to be clear, the ladies 
love me. Yes, 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 yes. It's my story. I'm sticking to it. The idea that all gay men think alike is so absolutely radical and insulting to gay men, I feel bad for them. Gay women all think alike. Are you telling me that you get to lump these letters together and you get to tell gay men and gay women that they all have to be okay with children deciding their gender or what? It's not LGBTQ kids. It is confused kids who others, grown adults, like confusing and want them to engage in things that are simply beyond contempt, like surgeries and puberty blockers and all sorts of physical malformations of the human body. You would be flat out out of your mind to say all gay men are okay with this. No shot, no way, no chance. Who speaks up for them? Who speaks up for them? If we go back to the 2016 election, you know, I, I, of course I knew, but sometimes I'm still surprised because you just maybe hope that it, it only exists in, in one small pocket of pseudo-intellectualism. Um, Ted Cruz, when he was running for president in New York, met with uh, this partner group, hotel owners, uh, both, both uh, of them being gay. It's Ted Cruz. He's running for president. He could very well be the next president of the United States. This is 2016 we're talking about. These two guys met with him. And then spent the next days apologizing to the gay community because we're not going to stay at your hotels and we hate you and you are, you're a traitor. They had to beg for forgiveness. Why? You have a chance to talk to who could possibly be the next president of the United States, certainly was a sitting senator. You don't take it because they disagree with you? Why? If Elizabeth Warren wants to sit down with me, I'm going to sit down with Elizabeth Warren. I'm going to tell her that her policies make her a communist. Stop doing it. (laughs) And then we're going to engage. Same with Bernie Sanders. Not going to be shy. I'm going to be direct. But damn straight, I'm going to sit down. You sit down with somebody you politically disagree with, you're a traitor. Maybe that's why we don't hear from more gay men or gay women about what they think about transgender children. First, there is no such thing. They're children. They cannot change their gender. By the way, I don't believe somebody who's an adult is can either. If you want to live your life a certain way, knock yourself out. You want to make claim to being a woman, I cannot stop you doesn't make you a woman. Now, maybe we're having this conversation between gender and sex. But the idea that you think a child should be able to engage in anything 
and you think this is letting them be who they are. No, this is about a group of people trying to push them into being something that they want them to be. And when I get into this conversation of gay men and gay women and can they speak out, when you realize there's no way they could speak out because they will be ostracized or destroyed within their own world, within their friend group. How is this kid supposed to do it? I'm talking about adults. Damn straight I feel for them. I witnessed, it was it was on The View, and I know what you're saying, Tony, it's The View. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it was The View. And it was Pete Buttigieg. And Pete Buttigieg was on The View, and Anna Navarro uh, said uh, to him, um, you know, you, you, you are LGBTQ. I think, I think this was it. Your husband, Chaston, is a teacher. And he's been a vocal critic of what's going on in my state of Florida when the, with the so-called don't say gay law now, um, which he says will kill kids. Do you agree? And, you know, as a, as a politician, because this, this strikes you as, you know, your husband is a teacher. Yeah. You are, uh, obviously LGBTQ yourself, and you are now a parent. Yeah. First, Chastin Buttigieg is also a guy who would lead children in a pledge of allegiance to the gay pride flag. I don't even know what the hell we're supposed to do with that conversation. Gay is its own nation? Stop it. Second, Chastin Buttigieg, not my idea of leadership, but third... He's not a gay man, is Pete Buttigieg's Secretary of Transportation. He's LGBTQ. No, he is not. Because he's not L or B or T or Q. The Q stands for questioning. He's not Q. He has declared for a team. He bought the jersey and everything. So why do you keep saying this? Why do you keep saying this like this is something that we're supposed to rally around? Because once you put everybody in this group of letters, you're telling them that they all have to agree with what everybody says the group of letters agrees with. And if they don't agree, they get ostracized and destroyed. The idea that all gay men and all gay women agree with children being able to change their gender is nuts. It's hateful bigotry. And it comes from whom? These straight people who think that they get to put their thoughts and theories onto others because they don't want to be seen as hateful. What a level of scumbaggery that is. What California's doing? California is codifying and approving child abuse. My take is that Senator Scott Weiner there, state senator, codifying and, ab- and, 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 and condoning child abuse. Approving of child abuse. We see that there are these doctors that will more than happily engage in, 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 the, uh, in, in, in surgeries. Oh, yeah, we don't even care if you're 18. Don't matter to us. No, 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 surgeries are just fine. Surgeries are all super groovy, super cool. What do you mean surgery is super fine, super groovy, and super cool? What 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 do you mean that a, that a, that a twelve year old a twelve year old can have? Sometimes they'll refer to it as, as uh, top surgery. Now maybe it won't happen when you're twelve. It'll happen when you're fourteen. 
you're talking about for um, non-medical reasons, but mental reasons of I'm really a boy, removing the breasts of a 14-year-old? If you're okay with that, that's child abuse. That is not a decent society. That's criminal. Say the words, it's criminal. And I'm willing to bet all the dollars in my pocket against all the dollars in your pocket that there are gay men and gay women out there who agree. And they're not part of that. Yet they're getting lumped in. This is disgusting what's going on what's happening in california what's happening with doctors across the country who have absolutely given up on the very concept of do no harm and yet i find myself going back to this commentary from joe biden if you, if you're a if you support MAGA, you're a semi-fascist. He's calling Republicans semi-fascists, and how easily this has been so joyfully adopted by the left. This is a guy by the name of Kurt Bardella. He used to write for Breitbart, and then had a change of heart, and now he's a, a, a Democrat, and now this chapter which is leading us into the election this fight for the soul of our country the fight for the soul of democracy we are watching right now a very radical and extreme republican party mirror what we have seen in other places like nazi germany like other places like the bolsheviks we have seen this playbook before we have seen a ruling party try to use things like propaganda try to silence the free press, try to restrict what women can do. We have seen this play before, and it always ends disastrously for the majority of people that are subjected to that. That's what the warning signs are that we're seeing from the president right now. He is ringing the bell that we need to check in, pay attention, because this is a very dangerous line that the Republican Party is under full embrace of autocratic ways and means is nothing but disastrous, and we have to stop. Chapter. The autocratic... The idea of utilizing of government power is the Biden administration saying eviction moratoriums, yeah, we'll keep those going. Oh, the Supreme Court says no, eh, we'll do it anyway. We'll see how long we can do it. An abuse of power is saying, you know what, I'll forgive those student loans. Well, it's not really forgiven because we don't erase it. So the American people pay for it. I, the president, will engage a spending program, which Constitution I'm not allowed to do, and I'll be fine. A media that works in concert with government to ensure that the story of Hunter Biden's laptop is not reported and the Republicans are the fascists? Can't get it out of my head, guys. I cannot describe to you how problematic this is. Now, I think that if you're a, a, a more than casual observer... You could state to me, Tony, aren't both of these things actually, well, wait, wait, we're talking about Biden and this fascism conversation. We're talking about uh, this idea of children and gender and the abuse there. Isn't this actually part of the same conversation, which is about the whittling away of not outright destruction of Western civilization and of norms? I won't disagree. I'll say yes. I'll say yes. They are multiple sides of the same coin. I swear to you that I spend my days 
thinking of this uh, on these subjects and how to fix it. I can't tell you I have the answer, but uh, I will share with you. I'll get to it in the next hour. My conversation with Michael Walsh. Um, he's the author of the book Against the Great Reset. He writes a lot about Western civilization, uh, The Devil's Pleasure Palace, Fiery Angel. And we get into this conversation. I am, in general, a guy who believes we can. He sees it differently. And it's the first conversation I've gotten into on air where there is this feeling of what exactly has happened to society and is there a way back? And that's a very, for me, that's a very down, depressing thought process. I'm not that guy. I cannot shake how much this disgusts me and what I believe it means for the upcoming months and upcoming years, and it is not good. But no, I have not given up the fight just yet. More ahead. I'm Tony Katz. You know, I, I realized in my conversation with, uh, with with Cam Edwards over there at BearingArms.com, I forgot to ask him about this insanity from, from Joe Biden regarding uh, firearms. Did you realize the bullet out of an AR-15 travels five times as rapidly as a bullet shot out of any other gun? Do you realize? I have to do it again. The bullet out of an AR-15 travels five times as rapidly as a bullet shot out of any other gun. Now, I I, I must say, um, that's that's not that is not it. Uh, this is uh, Field and Stream listed um, the top rounds. Uh, and how they travel feet, feet per second when when uh, they're fired. So a four, you're going to need to be a gun person to follow this, but just follow me. According to Field and Stream, this is how it's listed. Breitbart had the story, but I think I've got it here. Field and Stream. All right. The five fastest rifle cartridges. The 220 Swift. The 257 Weatherby Magnum. All right, and there are different grains, right? So they're different weights. The 30 378 Weatherby, the 224 Clark, and the 22 Irga Split and Loudon Boomer. I don't think an AR 15 fires any of those. This is Tony Katz today. So I got to assume it's the New York Times enjoying watching uh, their competition circle the drain. I got to assume that's what it is. New York Times reporting uh, that the Washington Post, their business has stalled in the past year as the breakneck news pace of the Trump administration faded away. Readers have turned elsewhere and the paper's push to expand beyond beltway coverage hasn't compensated for the loss 
The organization is on track to lose money in 2022 after years of profitability, according to two people with knowledge of the company's finances. Now, I, I got to tell you that um, I don't, I won't spend any time worrying about whether or not WAPO is 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 losing cash. I I won't do it. I'm not going to uh to uh, get in on that. No 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 no. What what I'm what I'm going to do uh is is say uh best of luck. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. It's the New York Times, it's the Washington Post. If we got more journalism and less activism, wouldn't we all be happier? And then we'd be paying attention. I, I, I must remind that we are not done well as, as a society. We are not done well when um, we have a lack of news reporting. It's really, really, really bad. And the the removal of local newspapers that is 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 super problematic because you don't have people putting the, the the light you know sunlight is the best disinfectant on the local stories and when pe- local stories aren't discussed that's where people learn graft that's where they learn they can get away with things because nobody's paying attention. The first time this ever got really explained to me. Um, I credit the story to Bob Weeks, who is a a blogger out in Kansas. Nice dude. But it might not have been him. It might have been him telling me the story. And yet I I attribute it to him, so so go with it. That there was a city council that would have its weekly meetings. And, you know, maybe they'd all show up. Maybe some would show up. And they'd show up in shorts. And they'd show up in in, in flip-flops. And, you know, didn't care. And then someone... Stuck a video camera. Remember, these are these are public meetings. Put up a video camera. The next week, they all showed up in suits and ties. It is absolutely imperative to remember what observation and questioning does, what it creates, what it forces, which is learning an opportunity. That's why journalism is so important. And that's why so many of us are so unbelievably PO'd that we're not getting journalism, we're getting activism. Because I can get any schmuck on Twitter to give me activism. You say you're a journalist, go out there and go journalisming. That's what I want. That's what I think we, 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 we all want. Well, that was just one of a couple of stories that I had, I was just like, this is worth getting into. And the second one was, I I have heard people talk about this, and, and um, I was like, all right, sure, of course they're going to say it. And then I got this one-two punch about whether or not Republicans are planning to impeach Joe Biden. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes, settle yes. down, settle yeah. down, settle down. And so it was the story uh, over there at the Hill that Republicans are saying, when we get control of the House, we're doing this. 
man, Biden is guilty of a lot of issues in terms of high crimes and misdemeanors. And some people are going to say, you're just talking about political retribution. I think some Republicans are. And that's why I've always kind of stayed away from it. Bring on Charles C.W. Cook to layeth down the freaking hammer. National Review, Charles is a brain. A brain. And and Charles has got the story, save our political system, impeach and convict Joe Biden. I was like, oh, oh, good Lord. Look at that. And when asked, I, I must tell you that I've been discussing this for over a year. I should say maybe about a year. Why? Because Joe Biden knew that the Supreme Court opposed extensions of the eviction moratorium, saying you can't do this, and he did it anyway. He's like, maybe we can get away with it for another month or so. Maybe we can get away with it for another month or so? Gone. The minute I heard that, I said impeach and remove. Remember, impeachment is to bring about uh, the charges. Then there's the trial in the Senate. Impeach and remove just on that. Charles C.W. Cook goes far deeper into the subject of the level of lawlessness that um, Joe Biden is engaged in, especially with this idea of saying, eh, yeah, we'll just, you know, $10,000 off the debt, boom, bop, bip, president can't do that, it's a spending bill. But it's remarkable remarkable to hear people uh, engage this as a very, very clear conversation. Are we, a, are we a, a, a nation of men or a nation of laws? I want to be a nation of laws. I do not trust a nation of men. Nation of men leads to nations of cult personalities. And uh, isn't that what we, we said? Uh, that's the problem with Trump? Well, that's the problem with Biden and where the progressives are right now. I want laws. I didn't say that you couldn't say of Donald Trump he did things wrong on January 6th. I said he didn't incite an insurrection. You tried to impeach him, you failed. Now you have a January 6th committee. Now you've got these raids. What are we doing? I have ne- I, I had not actually felt that there would be an impeachment of Biden. Then I saw the story on the Hill. I was like, wow, people, I guess, are talking about it. Then I saw Charles. I was like, oh. Oh, damn, this is going to be a thing. And then you're like, oh, damn, this is going to be a thing, isn't it? And that's when you reach for your bourbon, people. Now, I had brought up earlier that I I, I was uh, I didn't get to ask the question of Cam Edwards of Bearing Arms uh, about Joe Biden's statement here. Do you realize the bullet out of an AR-15 travels five times as rapidly as a bullet shot out of any other gun. And I'm like, I don't think that that's accurate. I have some people on Twitter saying like, yeah, that that, that is accurate. Guy Relford's on, right? We got Guy Relford? Young man. Guy Relford is known as the gun guy at 93.1 FM WIBC. Second Amendment attorney, attorney RelfordLaw.com, R-E-L-F-O-R-D. He also uh, teaches uh, firearm safety uh, to police officers and others uh, across Indiana and, and across this dear land. Uh, I have Field and Stream that does not have uh, 
a, a, a caliber that would be in an AR-15 in their top five. So is this Joe Biden getting it totally wrong, or is this about, well, it depends on how, what your definition of the word is is. How do you figure this one out? No, this is just Joe Biden getting entirely wrong. I mean, rifle caliber velocities generally are thought of somewhere in the 2,000 feet per second range up to 3,000 feet per second range. Now, some go a little faster than that. Some go a little slower than that. But that's generally considered rifle velocities. The the AR-15, which shoots typically, again, AR-15 can shoot a lot of different calibers, but the most common are either 5.56, uh, NATO or 223 Remington, and those typically are in the upper 2,000, 2,800, up around 3,000 feet per second. There are a myriad of other rifle calibers that shoot just as fast and have the same velocity uh, or faster. And, and keep in mind that we're not only talking about velocity when it comes to the performance of a caliber. In other words, it goes right back to you know, high school uh, physics, right? Uh, and the theory of relativity, energy equals mass times velocity squared. So you're talking about the size of the projectile and how fast it's moving. That is what defines the energy that goes into a particular rifle caliber. 5.56 is actually considered a medium uh, caliber, medium velocity rifle in the sense that it's got a much smaller projectile than most rifles, the U.S. military, even going into Vietnam, decided they wanted to have a, a, a less lethal firearm to wound more people that would require additional soldiers to carry the wounded person off the battlefield. They intentionally stepped down from the 30 6 to go to uh, 5.56 or 2.23 for exactly that reason. So the idea that this is five times you know, more lethal or, or five times more velocity associated with a round is completely ludicrous. And anybody that you know, it has any involvement with firearms. He's laughing at this guy right now. If uh, you want to follow Guy Relford on Twitter, uh, I think it's just Guy Relford. That's where they find you, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I followed your lead. It was at Tony Katz. I said, I got to be at Guy Relford. That's exactly, exactly correct. Guy Relford, I appreciate you clearing that up, although I think it's going to lead to more uh, questions and, and, and mathematics. We'll get into a conversation about Joe Biden in the future. I have got more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. I'm not the first person to take note of this memorandum for all department personnel from Merrick Garland. The subject is communications with Congress. You're like, oh, well, this could get interesting. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. In light of the confirmation earlier this month of Carlos uh, Unartes as assistant attorney, I think that's his name, as assistant attorney general for the Office of Legislative Affairs, there's an appropriate time to reaffirm, or this is an appropriate time to reaffirm, and remind all department personnel of our existing policies regarding communications between the Justice Department and Congress. These policies which can be found uh, in the Justice Department manual, may be supplemented from time to time with more specific directions for particular components. Like the policies regarding communications with the White House, these policies, quote, are designed to protect our criminal and civil law enforcement decisions and our legal judgments from partisan or other inappropriate influences, whether real or perceived, direct or indirect. Now, this may sound to you just be like a standard kind of thing that you might get from HR. But there have been a lot of people engaged in whistleblower complaints about the FBI going directly to Congress. 
Is this Merrick Garland saying, don't you do that? Is this Merrick Garland? Could this be taken as Merrick Garland, the attorney general, saying, hey, we don't allow that whistleblower shenanigan horse crap here? You can't park this horse there. (laughs) I'm asking a question of how this can be perceived. And my off-the-cuff take is that it could be seen as a way of engaging a bit of pressure, if not threat, on members of the DOJ and, of course, the FBI not to be communicating things with Congress. That is an issue. The other issue is is a, a bit of a Project Veritas video that has come out. For now, full disclosure, I own no piece of Project Veritas, but I have in the past donated Project Veritas. I'm always as upfront as I possibly can be. Project Veritas has um, engaged a conversation with the assistant principal of the Coscob Elementary School, which is, I believe, in Connecticut. And what is the assistant principal saying? The assistant principal is saying, well, first, I I don't hire Catholics. I'm sorry, what? Uh, Too conservative. I don't hire Catholics. And from there, it just gets, well, I don't even know how to say this, but worse. So first he doesn't hire Catholics, too conservative. Then he's looking specifically for younger teachers. I can't tell you I'm not going to interview you because you're older. I just don't interview you. Because the older you get, the more set in your ways, the more conservative you get. I can't get past the parents anymore. Because I can't get past the parents. Do I really have as much of an influence as I'm getting to want? I try in my own way. But right now my job is to hire the right teachers. I want to get past the parents, but I can't. I try to influence the kids in my own way. That's why you have to hire the right teachers. It would be a ridiculous statement if I were to say, this is what every administrator is doing across America. That is, of course, not true. But this is happening in America, and it can't. And this is why administrators like this assistant principal need to be fired and have their pensions taken. This is why teachers that are engaged in activism and not education need to be fired and have their, teacher, uh, have their pensions taken. This is why parents need to be aware of what is happening in their kid's school. This is representative, emblematic of the failure of public education because it's not about education, it's about indoctrination. Because this assistant principal... Like far too many, but certainly not all, teachers and, and administrators and, and people on school boards. They believe their job is to teach kids to do things the right way. No, their job is to teach math and science, and parents teach kids how to do things the right way. Well, parents aren't doing the job. Well, put the onus back on them. You don't get to take it away from me. And also, we should be clear, if anybody thinks this administrator could teach uh, kids how to be good, decent people, you're out of your mind. I don't hire Catholics because I do conservative. I don't hire conservatives at all. You can't teach kids to be good if that's the way you are.
can't be done. Can't be done. I more and more favor the recognition that public education has failed. We should do it differently. We didn't have public education when we started. That's an advent of the late 1800s. The Secretary of Education out of Massachusetts pushing this idea that we we need uh, 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 public education and we need we need a system. The Department of Education has not done us well. Our kids are not better off, and we're certainly not better off when you have uh, this level of wokeness. Just not. I only hope this guy gets fired. And I hope it's a lesson to all educators, because they're not all like this. But if you're doing this, yeah, we are paying attention. We are going to find you, and we are going to fire you. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today.